Last time on Improv Tabletop, we met a new group of unlikely heroes brought together by unlikely circumstances. Tigger, the T-I-double-gut-er, he's the only one. Ari, also known as Ariel, daughter of King Triton. And Moby Dick, just the white whale himself. They all found themselves magically spawned from copies of the books from which they originated, all brought together by Dexter Douglas, the mild alter ego of the superhero Freakazoid, and after a bit of corroboration determined that some literary villain must be behind this, that all of this chaos must be part of some nefarious scheme. And the first part of that scheme was unleashed upon them in the form of a massive whirlpool that took them out into the open sea where they were confronted by Captain Ahab and his new friend, Dr. Frankenstein, who it seems has taken a bit more towards technological advancements than necromantic advancements. And we left off with our heroes on a raft in the middle of the ocean with the ship, which I wish I remembered the name of, bearing down towards them at double speed. What's going to happen to our heroes in this nautical dogfight? There's probably an actual term for a nautical fight that isn't dogfight, but we're going to find out what happens here in the world of the illiterates. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Connor Wood, Shaman of the Rats. Caleb Banderton, village healer of the vultures. And Thomas Brower, eating a nutty bar. Mm. According to Jonathan Colton, they coat and soothe the throat in between recording sessions. Or maybe that was Nutter Butters. I can't remember for sure. It's not coating or soothing my throat right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to go ahead and get back into this story. guys are on the high seas you have a ship that is very well armed moving towards you at high speed let's see what happens we're going to enter into a conflict so here's what i'm figuring the person who has the most knowledge of their enemy namely captain ahab is moby dick so let's have moby dick go first what would you like to do as this ship comes bearing down on you well i find myself with my companions here within a pickle and uh wanting to make sure that i put on a good show i go you all of you see if you can paddle out of here with your fins your hands and i will put on a show to distract them it's me they're after after all so take care i'll catch up and i dive into the water have a mild panic attack as i get up below five feet and i come to the surface again and oh okay uh, and uh, then I swim towards the uh, ship to distract them from chasing after my companions. All right. Go ahead and roll to overcome with flashy. First dice roll ever. That's a plus three. All right. So you get up there. Describe this uh, kind of song and dance number that you put on for him. So it's almost quite literally a song and dance number, actually. I come to the surface. I... Use the mist to come out of my blowhole as a, uh, as sort of like a curtain, if you will, and I I start to <laughs> swim up and uh, like dolphins do when uh, they they're performing, they come vertical out of the water and they start swimming backwards. I do that myself and I start to 
just uh, wave with my like my top hat in one hand and a cane in the other, and I'm just sort of like trying to grab their attention, being as flashy as I can as I go completely the length of the boat to the back of it. Whales are so majestic. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I didn't want to put myself into singing a song, but that's what I was imagining of like, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> so you've got the you've got the top hat. You've got the cane. I imagine you're kind of doing the kicks with your flippers as you're absolutely going <laughs> backwards on your tail. And the water's just like it's it's a stage. It's like at times like I'm using it to propel myself, but it's just like glass, you know. And I'm just like dancing on top of it. This is not the first time this number has been performed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so with your plus three, that is success with style. Woo! So not only do you accomplish your goal of distracting Captain Ahab and his crew, but you generate a boost. And the boost that I'm going to give to you is all eyes on me. And so you can use that anytime in the future to get a plus two or reroll. And once you do that, it disappears. So uh, Moby Dick, now that all of the attention is on you, who would you like to go next? I'm going to say uh, Aerie, uh, since she has fins and I think she's going to be the best uh, help to help out of this situation, whether to escape or have some knowledge of uh, what to do in this aquatic environment. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna survey the uh, <laughs> the ship that is just decked to the nines, flying at us. I think that swimming away would be a bad idea. I could probably survive, but the rest of the group will not. So I am gonna kind of stand my ground or water here. <laughs> gonna turn Finn, and I'm just gonna start going towards them and see like we got any stragglers, maybe any vulnerable sailors that look like they could be robbed and pulled into the water. Yeah, maybe any sailors who have nice chains around their necks or earrings, yeah. gold hoops, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so I am going to do my, my typical uh, siren performance and I'm gonna start. I'm, I'm gonna start doing card tricks for them. I'm gonna say, "Hey, you up there? Check this out!" To try and lure them into the water. The, the standard siren song of the mermaid. Yeah. Go ahead and roll to overcome with flashy. Okay. Oh, cool, cool. That's a plus four. Oh, nice. So you also have succeeded with style. Yes. So the effect of this, we've got these two performances going on, like on opposite sides of the ship. So we've got like Ahab and Dr. Frankenstein are just all eyes on Moby Dick. And all of the sailors hear this siren song, card tricks, <laughs> and they all go rushing to the other side of the ship. So the two of you have effectively divided the attention of the ship on these two sides. And so the boost that I'm going to give to Aerie is a house divided. Nice. Nice. Regal as heck. So that is going to conclude Aerie's turn. Who would you like to go next? I am going to pass that right off to our dearest Tigger. Well, um, it was pretty effective. I'm looking at the water. I'm not sure I can swim very well, you know. I'm gonna bounce right on over to them, up to the top, uppermost decks, and talk to Mr. Captain Ahab, sir. Hmm, that's gonna be a big old bounce because you are five nautical measurements <laughs> away from the ship. That's right. You know what? This might be a good time. I'll use my stunt, and I will use the world's bestest bouncer and bounce right up there with no problems. 
All right, yeah. So you, in fact, do that. There's like a little sonic boom. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Christopher Robin Returns 100 Acre Woods arc, the the Vengeance (laughs) Revival arc of Tigger. He's at his maximum power level at this point in the story. Yeah, and so there's just like this miniature sonic boom as you bounce all the way up to the top deck. Uh, up on the bow where Captain Ahab is taking the prow uh, leading out on this attack against Moby Dick. And so you land right in front of him. Uh, How would you like to try and distract him? I'm honestly just going to talk to him. I'm going to say, hey, buddy, how's it going? Um, please don't shoot us with that big old gadly gun. I think that, uh, you know, there's bigger fish to fry, as you say. There's probably some guy making stuff in the library come alive and flooding it and all that stuff. And really, you should be helping us. We're on a good cause here. Go ahead and roll to attack with Flashy to try and persuade him. You are attacking his kind of prejudice and his revenge that he has against Moby Dick. And he's going to try and defend with Forceful. I'm going to spend a fate point to re-roll that. <laughs> I got the exact same roll. So <laughs> no. Ain't that just the way? That's only a plus two. Oh, Captain Ahab rolled a plus three. <gasps> His hatred's too strong. I, hold up. I've probably got other stuff I can throw on it there. I'm going to invoke my trouble. Uh, I'm going to invoke my trouble where he tries too hard. And this is just like... That whole speech that I just gave, eventually he's just down on his knees, clutching at Captain Ahab <laughs> at his knees and like begging him. Tears are pouring out of his eyes. Uh, yeah, he, he tries too hard and I'm going to add a plus two to that if I can doing that and make it a plus four. All right. You begin begging at Captain Ahab's knees and you're like, wait a second, knee? Only one of these is made out of whalebone. <laughs> That's weird. And so uh, as you're begging down there, just kind of groveling and scraping before him. He is going to spend a fate point. <laughs> Caleb, when you started begging, I imagined the, the violin from the TV series. Yes! <laughs> you gotta help us! Please! Captain Ahab spends a fate point to invoke his I'm gonna get my leg back aspect, bringing him to a plus five. <laughs> Oh, all right. I submit, uncle. And he looks down at you and he says, bigger fish to fry than that beauty right there. And he points it directly at Moby Dick. He's like, that's the biggest fish I ever done seen in me life. I'm doing a can-can right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That brings us to the end of Tigger's turn. Uh, Who would you like to go next? I'm going to hand it to my good new buddy, Freakazoid. All right. So Freakazoid looks at the ship and sees all of you up there, and he's alone on the raft. And at this point, the strain of like getting shot up into the air and landing on the water, a lot of the ropes have broken, so the raft is starting to fall apart. And he looks at the camera and goes, I think I should get out of here. And he puts his hands up into the air in front of him and starts making whooshing noises with his mouth. And he starts running across the water towards the ship. (laughs) Because of course he dies. And so he eventually makes it to the ship and he does that lightning zaps himself up onto the mast uh, at the very top of the crow's nest. And he's looking down at all of the crewmen and he's like, hmm, 
and he grabs a rope in the crow's nest next to him and he loops it up into a big old lasso and he starts twirling it above his head and he's going to throw it at the crewmen who are distracted by the magic show and I'm going to try and gather them all up. That's a real mind freak right there. Yeah, mind freak from the Freakazoid. So he's going to try and do that with Clever getting only a plus two, I'm afraid. And the crewmen are going to defend with Clever to see if they can notice Freakazoid up there in the crow's nest. Getting a plus three, uh, they don't have very good modifiers even either. Ned, Um, there's no way that I could like assist Freakazoid with one of my aspects, could I? Or with one of my fate dice, right? So the way that helping works is when an ally helps a character, they give up their action and describe what they're doing to provide the help. And each person who helps in that way gives a plus one to the role. So basically I would forego my turn right now, or I would have had to have sacrificed my turn yeah okay so then i it doesn't sound like i'm able to help this time around but maybe next time okay so he throws the lasso and he kind of misjudged how long the rope was and the loop just like slips out like a foot before catching the target (laughs) and freakazoid looks down at he's like dang it i knew i should have taken more ranching classes (laughs) that brings us to the end of freakazoid's turn meaning that it is now the ship's turn okay and captain ahab he looks down at tigger and he's like sorry boyo but i have got to get me revenge and he turns towards the ship and he says we've got him on the broadside fire all guns and he looks and he sees that all of the crew are on the other side of the ship distracted by Ariel. <laughs> so he's like, oh, fine, I'll do it myself. And so he just goes sprinting down the side of the boat, activating all of the Gatling guns as he goes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> he hates this whale so much. Not only are they Gatling guns, but they just have a button. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Frankenstein has given him some nice tech here. So he's going to roll to attack with Quick to see how many of those Gatling guns he can fire off in this round. Getting a plus six to attack. That's OP. So Moby Dick, how would you like to defend? (laughs) Bullets. Well, with the plus six, I'm going to invoke my stunt. There she blows. <laughs> and uh, see that water's directly in front of me. And as all the bullets come uh, are like firing at me in slow motion, I just stop dancing. And kind of like in The Incredibles, where he's running super fast. And then the momentum just stops him. <laughs> yeah. His whole body just goes under the water. And uh, all the bullets just fly over the water. Um, if that's possible. <laughs> yeah. So you invoke your stunt. And you're just kind of like, well, so long and thanks for all the fish. And you slip down (laughs) under the water. And all of the bullets go flying off to the horizon. And Captain Ahab starts cursing. uh, And I'm not going to repeat his words because this is a family-friendly show. Uh, But that concludes Captain Ahab's turn. And what does Dr. Frankenstein want to do? Hmm. Dr. Frankenstein looks over at Tigger and he goes, you are a fascinating specimen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, Chuck. Oh, you shouldn't have. And he goes, oh, I think I should, in fact. And he's just going to try and net you up as a specimen for his collection. Does he pull out some chloroform or something? And just... <laughs> you know what? Now he does. Dang it. He's going to try and chloroform you. <laughs> going to try and use clever to chloroform you. Okay. Oh, man. Well, how do, how do you defend? Oh, um, I... 
Uh, Quick, I... use your lack of anatomy. <laughs> Pull out your stuffing. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can think of is uh, just getting away. So, yeah, I guess I'll try to dodge away with Quick. Whoa, what was that there? All right. So, uh, Dr. Frankenstein rolled a flat zero for that. Tigger got a plus three. Ooh. Fake point. Fake point. Oh. We're going to re-roll this. Dr. Frankenstein is going to invoke his aspect. Still likes necromancy. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> He's going to re-roll that attack. Oh, for a plus three. Mm, it's a tie. So he chloroforms himself? <laughs> <laughs> so a tie for an attack means that he doesn't actually do any damage, but he gains a boost instead. So he doesn't manage to chloroform Tigger, but <laughs> he does get a boost, and the boost that Dr. Frankenstein gets is old habits die hard. Quite literally. <laughs> Ned, I kind of like imagine like these Gatling guns, if this they were created by Frankenstein, did they just have like hands? Like sewn up hands that are like pointing them over the water or whatever? Or? All hands on deck. Oh my oh! gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was said. Caleb, I'll give you a fate point for that. Oh, I'll take oh. it. Grand slam. So yeah, that's uh that's turns out maybe part of the technology is a bit of necromancy. Cool. So that does it for Dr. Frankenstein. And we're going to go back to the top of the next round. He's going to pass the turn to Aerie. Okay, I am going to, uh, now that I've captivated some, I assume some sailors, as they are on a boat, I'm going to do the card trick, like the revealing of the card trick, where actually I just throw the cards at them, and then I start just yanking them in the water. Coming with me, boys. Come on in, the water's fine. Hope you got kills, fellas. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go ahead and roll to attack with forceful. Okay. Or actually, no. Roll that. That's definitely sneaky. Cool. Roll to attack cool. with sneaky. All right. They're gonna try and defend with careful to see if they can uh, see through your feminine wiles. <laughs> I I got a plus three on that one. Dude, they got a plus four. Dang oh, it! Man. Clever wow. boys. These guys only have plus one, and they rolled a plus three. Well, it's a good thing I brought this jingle hopper. Oh. That is true. Which I am going to use as soon as they start realizing how fishy things are as a shank. I'm just going to start. <laughs> just going to start hitting them. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I'll say that your dingle hopper, that being your stunt, uh, I'll say that'll allow you to bypass their defense entirely. Oh, sick. So that gives you three shifts on them with this attack. And yeah, you reach up and you just like start stabbing guys with your dingle hopper and pulling them down into the ocean. Uh, and as you do, you notice like, oh, this one's got a golden tooth. Ooh. And you could just kind of like pluck it out real quick as he's falling past. I will take that. This one's got a couple rings that he's wearing. This one's got a nice necklace. So yeah, you're just, you know, you're getting that bread. <laughs> I'm going to look so good when I go back to high school on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ari, who would you like to go next? Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel good about hurting these men. That said, I'm going to look over to Tigger there on the deck and give him a wink while I get a sailor through the jugular. All right. Which means take it from here, Tigger boy. Uh, I have no idea what just happened over there. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Joker's never seen someone die before. We're not all filled with stuffing. Those poor guys must have been so sleepy. <laughs> Look at them dropping oh, like flies. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm. You almost got chloroformed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is not what I pictured happening. <laughs> on the ship of Ahab? You didn't expect <laughs> At this point, you know, Tigger having an ex-wife <laughs> makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Opportunity missed and lesson learned. Next time we'll follow through with the, the divorce B plot. Oh, guys, I'm crying. I'm crying so bad right now. Oh my gosh. Okay, Dr. Frankenstein is obviously a bad dude. I'm just gonna try to trip him with my tail. Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll to attack with Quick, I think. He's going to try and defend with Quick as well. That's a plus one. He got a plus three. <laughs> Mama yes. mia. I'll take it. Let's go. So you sweep the leg and he leaps over it at the last moment and looks back down at you and he starts to kind of unfold that chloroform rag. And it is, turns out it's a giant sack. So he's, he's getting ready to try and jump on you. But who would you like to go next? Hey, Mr. Superhero Guy, these guys are pretty bad. Do something. And Freakazoid goes, hmm... In a time like this, I think maybe I should call the police. <laughs> and he pulls out a cell phone. Doop, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, hey, Cosgrove? Yeah, we got some bad guys over here out on the, out on the ocean. Uh, can you guys send out maybe like a jet or something? Or, oh, can you send, can you come here in the freak mobile? That'd be awesome. Yeah, okay, thanks, Cosgrove. And he closes the phone and he has just used his stunt. Cosgrove always has my back. Everybody's using their stunts. <laughs> yeah, it turns out this is a pretty uh, intense situation here. Um, so Cosgrove, voiced by the incredible Ed Asner, is going to be here next exchange. So Freakazoid now is going to pass the turn over to Moby Dick. Well, the water's very clear for me to see through what's going on, and Ahab shaking his fist. <laughs> My friend Tigger getting chloroformed almost. <laughs> and uh, now that the guns are somewhat out of commission, I resurface and with my cane, I have my flippers grab my cane and I unlock it. And I pull out the sword from my cane. Mm. It's a sword cane. <laughs> and, I, uh, and I say, well, looks like I brought a knife to a gunfight. And I want to deactivate these guns with my sword by cutting them off. <laughs> yeah, that seems like an overcome action to me. So roll to overcome with forceful, I believe. Sure. I'm doing the math. I'm like, man, Moby Dick, he's like, you know, at least 52 feet long. That sword is like, gotta be 25 feet, right? It's an anime sword. Yeah. <laughs> it's a heavy, heavy blade. Um, I got a plus four. Oh, the difficulty was three. So yeah, you come in here with your giant Zanbato. Uh, that there, there's a Roruni Kenshin reference for you. Oh, um, come in with your just giant sword, and you cleave through all of these guns because there's a surprising amount of their construction that isn't metal, but <laughs> is just like reanimated human parts. Ew. Oh, nasty. So nasty. they're actually they're actually a lot easier to cut through than you were expecting, Ew. and so you have a 
effectively disarmed one half of the ship. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I like to imagine as I cut through it, it's just like a, as, as you described, a quick swipe, and then all of a sudden, like nothing moves, and you hear the, and like all the hands just like droop that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Doctor Frankenstein turns from Tigger towards you, and he just goes, "Nani?" Yep. <laughs> very, very textbook. This is all cartoon physics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moby Dick, who would you like to go next? Oh, everybody on my team is gone. So, do I have to toss it to the villains here? Yep. Do you want Captain Ahab to go next, or Doctor Frankenstein? Uh, the boat is not an option. Uh, Captain Ahab is controlling the boat. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, I'll look over at Captain Ahab, and uh, Sheen will go through my big old whale eyes and a light. And I'll just stare at him now that I'm holding on to. I've revealed my weapon, and uh, I will pass it to Captain Ahab, goading him to do something about it. And Captain Ahab has a really quick anime flashback where he just feels the pain of that sword slicing through his legs so long ago <laughs> and comes back to the future and he's just fuming. He's like, oh, we're out of guns on the port side. Bow to stern. We're turning this thing around. I'm going to shoot this whale. And so he rushes up to the helm and he just cranks it as hard as he can, flips the ship or he's rather going to see how well he flips the ship with his forceful roll. Getting a plus seven. Man, oh man, he's determined. Should we let him win, guys? He really wants his leg back. (laughs) I will be a new character. (laughs) So this is is definitely cartoon physics. The ship just like spins 180 degrees like on a dime. Of course it does. (laughs) Like a hand just picks it up and turns it around. Yeah, and Freakazoid is up in the crow's nest. And as it stops, he's just spinning like a top up in there. So he's successfully turned turned the ship towards you with these new cannons, but that is going to be it for his turn. He's going to pass the turn to Dr. Frankenstein, and Dr. Frankenstein is going to forget about Tigger for a little bit because Moby Dick just (laughs) destroyed his guns. So he's going to try and uh, fire some of these guns at Moby Dick, and he's going to do that forcefully just out of the sheer anger, only getting a plus two. How would you like to defend? Now that I've revealed my weapon, I feel like a different side of Moby Dick is is showing forth. Like, he's a flashy, like, uh, sort of pretentious, like, showy type of an individual. But that's not the only reason why he survived all this long. He's a very quick individual as well. And so I'd like to defend with quick to see how fast I am to try and dodge out of the bullets, so to speak or cut him in the air. Who knows? Yeah, you're just like anime swords slashing at these bullets as they fly towards you. Is Moby Dick a kaiju right now? (laughs) (laughs) He's in in his second form, that's for sure. (laughs) I mean, you never saw Godzilla fighting against Moby Dick because he was always too scared. Exactly. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, They got a plus two? Uh, You know what? I'm going to take it. I got a plus one. Mm, Yeah. So uh, Dr. Frankenstein rushes up and he activates like two of the Gatling turrets at once. And you're able to expertly deflect all of the bullets from one of them. But the other one grazes against your side, piercing a couple holes in your tuxedo. (gasps) And I apologize. It's a zero, not a plus one. I apologize. So if that changes. No, that's fine with me. You take two stress instead of one. Yep. Yep. I do. So that brings us to the end of 
of Dr. Frankenstein's turn, and since we're at the top of a new exchange, and he can turn it to whoever he wants, he's going to turn it back to Captain Ahab. And uh, The wombo combo. Okay. Captain Ahab is going to shoot the whale. (laughs) Whale, whale. Let's see how this goes. He's going to attack with Forceful, getting a plus four. Okay. Um, I would like to... I'm going to try and do quick again. If I can, I'm going to try and do quick. And uh, I know Ahab. I know his movements. I know what he goes for. He goes for my breast pocket. He knows I like that little uh, pocket square. I went for his leg. He's going for my pocket square. So I'm going to be quick and try and dodge out of the way of that. Trying to hit you where it hurts. Uh, I got a plus two but I want to use a fate point, and if I invoke one of my aspects, I get to add a plus two to it, right? Yep. Okay, I'm going to invoke my uh, aspect I like to show off, and uh, I'm, I'm doing this very quick, cutting all these bolts, dodging all these bullets. I, I like to think that he's going to get me, like, uh, put on a show, like, oh no, oh no, oh no, and then at the last second, just push off his uh, attack to where I just get a plus four, the same as him. All right. I have one more fate point. I figured you would. Mm. Captain Ahab is going to get his leg back. So that brings it up to a plus six, which is two shifts of stress against you. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Moby Dick's really hurt. Okay. <laughs> and now that we're in a new exchange, uh, Captain Ahab is going to pass the turn to Dr. Frankenstein. Stop Wait, it. What? Uh, Stop it. As long as we're in a new exchange, you can pass it to anybody. Oh. So Dr. Frankenstein is going to attack with forceful... <laughs> Getting a plus two against Moby Dick. We're getting comboed so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm not even going to worry about being quick. I'm going to try and be flashy, and uh, my second form is starting to falter a little bit here with how much damage I've taken. And uh, I'm going to re- go back to the basics and just start dancing and flashy and try and dodge it out of the way and defend with flashy. All right. I got a plus three. Oh, I'm out of fate points. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, you successfully, like, you're putting on the performance of your life. You're doing, like, a sword dance to end all sword dances. Like, you were in Brigadoon back in the day. You know Absolutely. what you're doing. Absolutely. Hello, my darling. Hello, my <laughs> baby. <laughs> the hit song from Brigadoon. <laughs> so yeah, you expertly deflect all of these bullets off into the water. And that ends Captain Ahab's turn. So now, we're going to pass the turn to... Tigger. All right, Ned, am I correct in assuming I can burn as many fate points on a single thing if I want to, as long as I justify it through my aspects? And as long as you don't use the same aspect more than once. Okay. Is Tigger going to go Super Saiyan? (laughs) I've got a plan here. Yes. So Tigger takes a look around with his beady little eyes and his preposterous chin. And he sees that we are in a really bad position here. We are not able to defeat these baddies through regular means. And so I have three fate points because I I used one, but then I got one back. So I'm going to use all three fate points. I'm going to invoke, I'm the only one. I am the only one. All my friends are counting on me right now. I am the only Mm, Tigger. Nice. I'm going to even invoke tries too hard. This is a crazy move uh, that nobody else would think to try, but I'm going to do it. And I'm also going to invoke the glass is always 100% glass, where 
Things are not always as they seem. And sometimes you just need to look at a thing for what it is. And I'm going to say to my friends, Oh, my friends, ready, jump. And on that, Tigger is going to bounce into the sky, grab the top cover of the book, and close the book down on these bad guys. And I'm, I get to add a plus six to that roll. Wow. Um, Tigger just used his final smash. <laughs> roll to overcome with... That's pretty flashy. Roll to overcome with flashy. Wow. Um, but this is going to be a difficulty of eight. Ooh. I rolled a flat zero, but with my plus six and my plus three, that is nine. <gasps> what in the bonsai trees? Okay. This uh, is so powerful. <laughs> so yeah, you call out to your friends. And uh, do you guys respond to his call? Yeah, I'm gonna hold, uh, I'm gonna hold a fist up high in solidarity because mm-hmm. it's super cool. Absolutely. <laughs> you attack that fourth wall, Tigger. <laughs> I raise my sword and salute to him. <laughs> yeah. So you guys grab onto Tigger as he just like at the speed of sound <laughs> goes shooting off of the deck into the air. And you grab Freakazoid as you're going along. <laughs> and as you leap, the force is such that it cracks the ship in half. Oh and Captain Ahab and Dr. Frankenstein are just like staring in shock at what has happened. And they go rushing to the lifeboats. And as you are flying far off into the sky, <laughs> the wind is rushing past your ears. Any of you can roll a clever check if you want to see if you can pick up on the conversation that Captain Ahab and Dr. Frankenstein are having with each other. I got a five. I got a one. I got a zero. Way too much wind up here. So, Ari, we'll say that you're, like, kind of in just the right position on the slipstream Mm -hmm. of this, like, supersonic leap so that you can still hear what's going on. The other two, the wind going past your ears is just too horrible but you're like behind Moby Dick. So a lot of the air is just kind of a little bit of a wind tunnel there. Yeah. Dig it. And you hear Dr. Frankenstein turn to Captain Ahab and say, it's all right. We just have to sail back to Transylvania and we can regroup. Everything will be all right. And they go motoring off. Motoring, what's your price for flight? And some wings pop out of the rowboat. Of course they do. (laughs) They go motoring to find their Mr. Right off in Transylvania. And the last thing that you see before you slam the book shut is the freak mobile just skidding across the waves until it reaches the wreck. (laughs) And Cosgrove opens the door and he's like, hey. I brought just some frozen yogurt. And then the book slams shut. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Poor dude! And as the cover hits the pages, there's this big burst of air, and you're all kind of blown back. Uh, and as you come to your senses, you are no longer in the ocean, but you are not back in the library either. You look around you, and what you see are trees, just as far as the eye can see. And it's currently very misty, a very misty day here. And you have kind of a hard time seeing much beyond just a couple trees ahead of you. But the tree that you've kind of slumped up against, uh, Tigger, this is a very familiar tree to you. 
You turn around and you see a plaque above a door built into the side of tree, and written on the plaque is the name Sanders. My friends, I do believe that we have gotten here to the Hundred Acre Woods. And you hear from inside the tree, Oh, bother, such a noise going on outside. And the door opens up and Pooh looks out and he says, Oh, Tigger, have you come for some honey? You bet we have, oh, buddy, oh, bear. Boy, am I glad to see you. I love this animal. I love this animal so much. Hello. Hello, small animal. I'm a, I am a princess of the water. I'm going to hug you now. Here I go. <laughs> All right. Uh, roll to... <laughs> uh, roll to create an advantage with Flashy. All right. Uh, plus two. Plus two. All right. You... You give him a really, really good hug. It's just a great Sweet. hug. That's what I was trying to do. And it's it's warm and fuzzy, and a little bit sticky because he's got honey all over his fur. Mm. But he invites you into his home and he says, Now, Tigger, you seem very perturbed. What is wrong? Well, old buddy O'Bear, it's a long story. There was a library, there was books everywhere, it started flooding, all of a sudden we were on a raft in the middle of the ocean, there was big old Captain Ahab in there with a chloroform guy, it's a big bad story. I closed the book, and here we are. Oh, bother. Well, I'm sure that's nothing a nice full stomach can't solve. And he just plops a bunch of pots of honey onto the table in front of you. Um, at this point, I'm, I uh, peek my large whale eye into <laughs> the doorway and uh, start smelling that delicious. Oh my, I don't believe I've ever smelled or had this delectable substance. May I, if I just may, and I try to put my fin in to just like tap like the top and try and like get a little honey on it so I can just start scooping it into my mouth. Uh, it's very tight though, very tight. Yeah, it's so tight that you're gonna need to roll to overcome with careful. Oh boy. Uh, plus one. Yeah, so it's, you're kind of knocking things over, like you knock over a chair. Pardon me. You knock the poo-poo clock off the wall. <laughs> Excuse but me. But eventually you get a nice bit of honey and you can dab it on your whale tongue. And it is very good. And it's even better in this world than real honey is in real life. Because every time I saw them eat honey in Winnie the Pooh, it just seemed like the most wonderful thing ever. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. And real honey just doesn't quite match up to it, I feel like. Especially when you eat it exactly the way they do. It just doesn't, <laughs> it does, it, it doesn't taste the same. But uh, as you guys are filling your bellies with honey, Pooh turns towards you, Tigger, and says, You've come back to the Hundred Acre Wood at a very strange time. It's so misty out there. And there are noises out in the trees. Perhaps some heffalumps or perhaps some woozles. Strange howlings. You guys, I think our nefarious villain has made it here before us. He's changing every world. The hundred acres mixing up the stories. We gotta put a stop to it. I heartily agree. We can't have these... These spookables, spookables, as you put them, destroying your world like they were destroying mine. Why, I'm sure I could have dealt with Ahab if it weren't for those strange mechanical contraptions on Ahab's ship. As I try to stop some of the blood that's just <laughs> bleeding out of the side of my whale body. Yeah, and we have a lot of toasters in the marina's trench, and all my friends are dying, and people keep using my backyard as their trash can. <laughs> 
so I'm with you guys. <laughs> and as you're having this conversation, you hear from far off in the distance in the misty woods. And Pooh turns towards Freakazoid, and Freakazoid turns towards Pooh, and they both say simultaneously, Oh, bother. And Iris Wipe. Uh, and that is going to conclude today's episode of Improv Tabletop. Oh, man. Wow. Thanks for listening to our show this week, everybody. And we'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of the illiterates. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be just as happy as a bear with a tummy full of honey if you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also on Twitter at Improv Tabletop, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at the same handle. If you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag ImpTab setting or hashtag ImpTab aspect. Let's do a round of plugs. As always, we've got our wonderful sister podcast, iCast Fireball, that is going super well. Uh, you can listen to me play a kobold, and you can also listen to Thomas play a kobold, who is one of my favorite NPCs, uh, a very, very fine kobold individual. And the other thing that I like to plug this week is a little game called Ring Fit Adventure. It's a game for the Nintendo Switch that tricks you into working out and thinking that it's fun. <laughs> I really enjoy it. It's a great way for a geek like me to get up and get my heart pumping. And if you're in need of a nice, fun way to trick yourself into thinking that expending calories is an enjoyable way to spend your time, then uh, go ahead and check out Ring Fit Adventure. I've been putting a lot of hours into it lately. Connor, you got anything you'd like to plug? Yes, I do, Ned. Thanks for asking. Do you like chips? Do you like good chips? Well, have I got a chips for you. Chipums. Chipums is the official sponsor of this one podcast called The Old Gods of Appalachia. Chipums isn't real, but The Old Gods of Appalachia is real. And I remembered it. <laughs> uh, it's a horror anthology podcast series in the vein of Twilight Zone, but set more in a kind of urban, turn-of-the-century, early 1900s kind of West Virginia. It's, it's uh, a horror anthology series that takes place in a budding America. I enjoy it quite a bit. If that is your cup of tea, go give that a sip because it's piping hot. Not to be confused with the new Appalachian Workshop, mm. which was a very short but wonderful bit on My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yes, also sponsored by Chippers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Caleb, you got anything to plug? Guys, I just like to plug therapy. Therapy is great. If you don't have a therapist, go get one. Everybody needs one. Uh, Tigger almost had an ex-wife. Maybe if you have therapy, you also <laughs> will almost have an ex-wife because you won't have an ex-wife because you'll be in therapy. <laughs> Tell him, Tigger. That's right. Oh, boy, that got away from me. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though, I think it's great. I mean, truth. there's a lot of stuff going on in our brains that we have no idea is there, and there are people who are trying to help you figure out what's going on in your brain. Yes. Absolute truth. Medical professionals. In all seriousness, guys. Seriously. Just, yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. If you haven't tried it, try it. 100% recommend. 
And Thomas, you got anything to plug? Well, I've got this podcast where I do a terrible impersonation of voices. Well, actually, I do a fairly good impersonation of like different accents and voices in iCast Fireball, but they just quickly dissolve within five seconds of me <laughs> establishing them quite drastically. So if you want to hear me start off really well with an accent and <laughs> do my darndest to keep it alive, go check it out. Also, my wife's got a jewelry making business, Be Wired Jewelry. It's amazing. I love it. I think you'd like some of her stuff enough to buy it. And uh, read literature, folks. Amen. Yeah. I uh, I checked out BeWire Jewelry um, online. It is amazing. Just go check out some of the stuff they have. It's, yeah, that's definitely on the list of places to get a gift for my wife in the future. Mm-hmm. And a little teaser for our audience, an exclusive teaser for iCast Fireball. One voice that Thomas does that he holds on to very well is the voice of Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> so just uh, join us in a few weeks and you will get to experience that and it'll be beautiful. Well, what a story, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> Beauty ensues. Well, thanks so much for joining us here in the world of the illiterates. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host in GM, and I've been joined by... Connor Douglas Wood, Bear Critic. Caleb Anderton, the fourth wall breaker. Thomas Brower. Anything for my princess. (laughs) (laughs) Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. (laughs) This is all going on the end of the episode, you guys. (laughs)